All is fair in love war and challenges. I have, this is a dirty game, bro. And what I've always said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges. 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 Episode of Love, War, Challenges. I am MTV Malik, and I'm joined by Tyler and Antonio, aka the Bananas Defender. Becky won't be able to join us today. She's too busy recovering from. <laughs> oh, God. See, it's nice being here when someone else isn't here, so I know what you're actually saying. Because oh, last week when you said shit about me, I was like, damn, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> I'm going to have to blank that out, though. There's no way I can say that shit on the air. That's fucked up. No, no shit. No. Tyler, nothing to add to that? No. How's <laughs> quiet today? I'm the I'm the cleanest person on this podcast, okay? Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. You're so fucking clean cut and never getting into trouble. And you hardly even curse. <laughs> I'm a square, okay? I'm a square. <laughs> you're a square. I mean, you're from Carolina, so what do you expect? No, I'm not. I'm from South Dakota. (laughs) Same shit. (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode. This is going to be part one of the final for the Challenge 34 War of the Worlds 2. And this one, I mean, I experienced a wide array of emotions during this challenge. Tonight is the start of the longest and most brutal final in Challenge history. One side, we have the Americans. We're going to work! One million dollars! Everybody on my team is strong, and we've all seen a final before. Kara, Polly, Ashley, Ninja, Leroy, and Zach. We've been dominating this season. Let's keep that same energy flowing into this final. On the other side, we have the Brits. Team UK is now made up of one Australian. We want to Let's go! Three Americans. Are you going to rejoin the Americans, or are you going to become a turncoat? We're going to the UK. Oh, oh my God. God! And me, the last remaining Brit. Tonight, welcome to this very long final. This is a race through the jungle, 16 miles. If you want your share of $1 million, you're going to have to work for it. The Brits are just as strong as Team USA. I'm tired of this- which country will emerge victorious and take home one million dollars? The only thing that matters now is this final, not a million dollars. And as the final continues, welcome to stage two. Oh my god. I only got room for four players for each team. You guys just won one million dollars. Uh, I don't really want to break it down piece by piece. Let's go over some of the biggest moments that they had. The episode begins and everybody's going over what is motivating them the most to come home with this money. And a big spotlight is shown on Paulie. How he wants to beat the best of the best. And, and, he, and right now he's starting to peak and he has all of this gas in the tank and he's ready to go. 
I'm sure these are all statements that he can't possibly regret at any point during the course of this episode. Clock Jordan and Tori, their laughs ain't as fast as they were in the beginning. Yeah. Zach's laughs ain't as fast as it was in the beginning. It's because they're gassing. They overtrain. I came in lower knowing that every week I was going to get a little higher. And like right now, it's like I've peaked right at the perfect time. Jordan is an amazing competitor, but I'm happy he's on the other team because I can't call myself the best unless I beat the best. I got gas in the tank. I'm going for however long needed. And so TJ comes down and he introduces everybody to the final. All right, guys, welcome to this very long final. Now, some of you have made this game about deception and politics. I hope your entire team is comfortable with the decisions that you guys made because you will live or die by your team in this final. This is stage one. To begin, each team is going to pick up one of those gurneys. Each gurney has a relic on it and sandbags. The sandbags represent each player on your team. For every player on your team, there's 20 pounds of weight. Now, this is a race through the jungle. It's four miles long. You guys are going to do this four times. That means four laps, guys, 16 miles. Every lap, you will have a checkpoint. You must complete the checkpoint in order to continue on. No one can have more than four people carrying that gurney at a time. The players can only be switched at the checkpoints. Strategy is so important because we have to circle out our players to save the energy. It's all about keeping a good pace. You may not have anybody carry the bags. You guys have to carry the weight on the gurney as it was given to you. If you break any rule, you will get a time penalty. And listen up. If anything happens to your gurney or it breaks, you will not get a new one. You may not intentionally tamper with your opponent's gurney in any way. The team that gets it done first will have an advantage in stage two. Good luck, you guys. So, right away, we begin to notice that Team US is going to be at a disadvantage because they have more numbers, they have more sandbags, and their gurney is going to be heavier than Team UK. So how do you guys feel about that? Do you guys feel like it was fair for the final to have them start off at such a disadvantage? Yes, they have more people, but they also have more weight. And they also have more females that it's going to be difficult for. It's not like you only get a certain amount of weight for the females. I mean, do you think the challenge got this right or did they fuck it up? Tyler, kick it off. I think they got it right because it has to be some way to balance it. Because you have to remember, although Team UK has less weight, they get less breaks. Like, Team US has three members that are fresh and that can rotate in the next time. Like, Team UK has one person that has to go four times, guaranteed. Team US never has to do that if they're strategic about this. Um, but, I mean, the little bit more weight, obviously, is a factor. But I, I think it was fair. It's, it's the right call. It's the right thing to do. It's an equalizer. I sadly agree. Because let's just say if it was equal weight, would you be sitting here saying it's fair? No, because they have more people. When you have more people, you should be required to carry more weight. That's just how it is. And I, Tyler said it the right way. You can't really argue that. But the thing about it is, when you have such a heavy amount of weight, if you got two females carrying the gurney, doesn't it put them at an unfair advantage? Because they're going to have a lot more weight than the other team. If they choose to use two females, they don't have to use two females. They could use three guys the entire way, just like Team UK is going to do. 
they want to keep that many females too. So I mean, it's their own punishment. All right. So you guys feel like Team US got what they deserve to get coming. Let's go ahead and move on to the first checkpoint. First checkpoint is going to be called Leverage Up. Now, basically, the challengers just have to slingshot three coconuts into a basket. It's a fucking carnival game. I mean, how did you guys feel about how did you guys feel about this kind of checkpoint being in a final? To me, it seemed very kitty. Yeah, it requires some physicality and skill to get it in. But I don't know for for the final, it just seems like uh, it. War of the Worlds one had a lot of dumb carnival games for their checkpoint, and it seems like they're just continuing that trend now. I wasn't a fan then, and I'm also not a fan now. Antonio, I'm not a fan of it, but I see why they're doing it because it is a final. They can't just have all you know straight up um, activities. They have to do they have, they have to give them like some type of break, but still have them do something. And they've been doing it in recent seasons, so that's why I am okay with it. It's not like they're doing it out of the blue. So I see where they're coming from with it, but I mean, I still think they should try to get away from it. I think that these, these games make sense in the finals. They need to be there because it's a 16-mile stage one. So these like breaks need to be small separators. I mean, because we could argue later on in the episode, all they're doing is math. I'd rather them do carny games than math because I couldn't even see the problems. Now, the only way that I think these, this could improve is if, um, if you guys remember on Battle of the Seasons, when they had to throw like that ring onto like a little hook, and every time they missed, they'd take a little shot of like warm milk, like stuff like that. Every time you miss in a simple carnival game, you should have a, a minimal punishment, in my opinion. Just to add a layer to it. So at this point, Team UK has a pretty good lead on Team US. They're just operating a lot better, and, 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 they're, and they're just getting it done at a much quicker pace. Now, the second checkpoint is going to be called Number Crunch. And if you hated that first checkpoint, you're definitely going to hate this one. You got a bunch of small numbers far away, and everybody has to do a math problem. Zach Tory, Jordan, Pauly, Cam, Ash, Ninja, and Lee, CT all finish up pretty quick. And the last one standing is going to be Kara, D, and Rogan. Now, Kara begins to panic. Kara, it's okay. Kara. Come on, Kara. There's four. Calm down. Keep your breath. Concentrate, Kara. Kara, it's okay. Kara. Minus the eights and six. Negative six. Negative six. Don't let her freak out. It's very stressful right now, weighing on Kara. Every minute, every second adds up. I don't know how to do this. Kara, calm down. This is your ninth final, and you're crying over a math problem? What's going on? I'm so mad at her right now, honestly, I could spit. Hey, hey, how many eights are on the first line? Count them for me. This is exactly what I said would happen. Kara cracks in pressure situations. Eat it. Oh! I think she started having flashbacks of last season final, and she couldn't get the math done. She, she was just panicking. She ended up getting it done before Dee and Rogan, who also had a lot of trouble. Why do challengers seem to get stumped on simple things like this? Is it that the math is too hard, or are they just, like, mentally exhausted? Well, the math didn't seem too hard. It might have been a little bit difficult to read, but I do think the exhaustion, I mean, at this point, they're already eight miles in. So I think the exhaustion is definitely setting in. But also, you know, Jordan made a comment about Carver cracking under pressure, and I think she didn't disappoint him when she started to do just that. 
And I think it's completely just under pressure because everyone can do simple math. We saw Kara running on the treadmill and Paul asked her a simple math question. She was able to do it within, within seconds. Now, giving you're in a final, everything is on the line here. You make a mistake, it's going to hurt it's gonna hurt you. So you have that all worked up in your head, and you know Kara is not shy to show her emotions, and it all came out. So I think mentally, you walk in and prepare, but when you come up to it, they just choke on the pressure. So after the second checkpoint, things really start heating up. We get introduced to something that is going to plague the rest of this episode, and that is going to be Zach bitching. Zach, the whole time that Kara is struggling carrying the gurney and then just is struggling carrying the gurney, you just see Zach with a smug look like he's seen all of this coming, and they're weak girls, and he continues to be negative and bitching. The problem with our team is Ninja and Kara are all basically worthless when it comes to carrying our gurney. This is why I didn't want to get rid of our strong players, because this is a hard thing to do. Do you think that Zach is in the right to feel so negative and, and to display his annoyance at how things are turning out for this team so far? Or is he just doing too much? He has every right to voice his own opinions. I just think because it's a final and because you already see your team not doing well, the last thing you want to do is bring them down. I feel like you want to just motivate them more. But then yet again, it's also Zach, and he had the problem in the past where he's known for bringing down people. So you really can't be shocked on, on what he's doing. Now, Team US does still have a slight lead, but Team UK is right behind them. And Paulie decides to use his time to start blocking off Team UK. So they're doing a good job keeping them blocked off, and then CT just says, fuck it. As if having extra weight wasn't hard enough, CT literally aggressively just knocks us into the bushes. And it's not okay. I didn't do to you, CT. I didn't say you did, but they did. We'll stand on the tracks when the train's coming through. You know what? Just let us pass. And up. One, two, three, up. They rush past. They push him into the bush. And Team US is really, really ticked. But Team UK takes the lead, and they continue to smash forward. Do you feel like CT was out of line? Is it the final, and everything's fair? I think it's fair, because during the final, you're going to want to do what's best for your team to win at the moment. I feel like in the heat of the moment, you're body wants you to move forward and the only way for you to do that is to push the other team to the side i'm sure he didn't mean to cost his team the 10 minute delay but i mean ct had to do what he had to do tyler fair or foul i think it's fair i mean he didn't push them out of the way he pushed their gurney out of the way he didn't he didn't physically touch another competitor it's not his fault that they're off balance i mean it's no different than team us trying to squeeze in and shoulder bumping them I, I didn't see a big problem with it. I didn't see a big problem with it either. It was a little bit of aggression, and it looks like this, this final could use a little bit of that. They were behind. They had to get in front. They were in the way, and guess what? You got to smash through. It's the final. You can't, <laughs> you can't call your own files and bitch about these little things. You just got to play through. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Paulie, and you're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Car Maria. This is a shout-out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's Most Dangerous Podcast.
So now we get to the third checkpoint. This one's gonna be called basketball. Each person has three attempts to get the ball in the basket. Make one and move on. If you don't, you must eat an entire plate. Let me tell you what's on this table, fam. There's a bowl full of bugs, scorpions, grasshoppers. Oh yeah, and if you need to drink it down, there's a shot of the biggest grub worm I've ever seen in my life. Still moving, still wiggling. So I am severely grossed out. You gotta eat a scorpion, a cockroach, and a live grub worm. And I'm sorry, this is the biggest grub worm in the history of grub worms. I don't even, I didn't even know they got that big. I mean, how did that look to you guys? I mean, we, we all seen pretty nasty eating challenges, but this one looked pretty fucked up. Tyler. Oh yeah, I mean, really it's just because the grub worm was so big. I mean, the scorpion and the cockroach were barbecued. I mean, they were, they were toasted. So, I mean, at least they weren't moving. I think that's what made it worse is just the movement of that worm that psyched out some of these people. I, I, was, I was in shock that, like, Ashley and Leroy just, like, swallowed it whole. Like, Yeah, yeah, that was insane. Bananas. Yeah, at first when I saw that, I was actually eating at the moment, and I kind of wanted to throw up. But once I was done eating and I saw that, I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. I mean, for a chance for a million bucks, suck it up, chew it, swallow it, don't give a shit. I'm drinking it and I'm moving on to the next stage. I don't care. All right, let me ask you guys. Was swallowing the grubworm whole, was that the right strategy to go or was chewing it up? Because Zach made sure to call everybody idiots for swallowing the grubworm whole while it was still alive. If you guys was in this situation, would you have chewed it or would you have swallowed it whole? I would have chewed it just because, like, if it's like Zach said, I think it's living inside of me now. But I think if you if you chew it, you'll get more grossed out by it because you're still holding it and you're still like you're taking more than one bite into it. If you're swallowing it, it's a quick process. I would I would have to chew it. I have such a bad gag reflex. I can't even like take pills <laughs> properly. Like I struggle. Like I struggle taking medicine. So like, there's no way I could have been able to do that. So yeah, I would have easily just. Took a bite, chewed that once, swallowed that. Took another bite, chewed that once, swallowed it, and been done with it. I've here's here's what I want to say. I don't think it was that gross. Like for a million dollars, I've ate gross stuff for a dollar just on like a small yeah, like bet. What? Like just I, I'm not gonna say it and everything because I wanna no, say it. Say uh, it. No, because I I wanna uphold like how you know clean I am and everything. But it's, I, I I have oh, I have eaten some. I've eaten some gross stuff for a dollar or less. See, now I want to know, what was it? Yeah, no, no, now you got to say it. <laughs> what did you eat for a dollar? No, but like, okay, it's not, okay, not going to be like the worst stuff I've eaten, but like, I've like, I've like eaten, I've like, I've like, I've like swallowed, I've drank like oil and vinegar, like a good amount of oil and vinegar for like That's 50 nothing. cents. Oh. You say, it's, you say it's nothing to you pour just like straight vinegar down your throat by itself. Like, I'm, I'm Italian, bro, so like. Oil and vinegar no. in my blood. And, and, and there's been stuff that has been, like, picked out of areas and everything that I've found. And I just, I don't, yeah. Just, I've done, I've ate worse for less. That's the cleanest thing I probably ever ate for money. I've eaten a live octopus. Nice. I want to do that so bad. Oh, do it. Do it. You got to find a uh, Korean spot to do it. And, yo, let me tell you something. The octopus fights back. Nice. Yes, it will. Did it squirt ink at you? No, it, I didn't get any ink, but, you know, it, it'll grab uh, your face and shit. 
and you feel it. You feel right. it. So yeah, if you're out there, I definitely suggest you. Okay, this is this is turned into a very interesting area. <laughs> but here, here, here's here's one thing I want to touch on, and I was gonna say this back on um the second lap with numbers crunch. What I do like about these aspects in the final is that each individual member has to successfully do their part, and you can't just rely on a strong member to get it done. That's what I like about this. I do like, love that part. Like, like the first stage leverage up. Every single person should have had their own catapult and should have had to at least put two in. Like everybody. Like it makes it like you made it to a final, but did you earn your spot in the final? We come across another issue. Cora is struggling with the food. She struggled with the math, and now she's struggling with the food. I mean, it, do you guys think that Cora's in her head too much at this point in the game? I mean, yeah, this is what her 81st consecutive episode on the challenge mm. like she's like mrs no days off right now but fatigue sets in and the mental game sets in and she's just in her own head because like ashley said she's she's eaten gross stuff before like she's done puzzles before in a final it's not like it's the first time she's ever done this it's just she's inside her head and has all this pressure and i think what it is is she has all this pressure because jordan's right there and jordan all season has been saying how she's not worthy she doesn't deserve to be there she's just gonna drag everybody down and so she's worrying about that, I feel, because he's right there. She's just cracking on the pressure. That's what it is. But the thing is, though, with Kara, this is her ninth final. Not a first or second like Polly. This is her ninth. I don't care what the excuse is. I don't care who's watching her. For your ninth final, you should know what to expect. You should, your body and your mind should be mentally prepared for what's to come. You can't just, you, you know what's going on. You're the most experienced person in this final. There's no excuses anymore. Excuses are when you're new to this game, not when you're a seasoned vet like, like she is. I, I don't take any excuses with her. Yeah, but then again, I mean, LeBron James has been to like nine NBA finals, okay? He's been, he's been swept in NBA finals, you know? So just because like you're an elite talent and you've always been there doesn't mean you're always going to deliver. Yeah, but LeBron James, oh, he, he played his best. And as much as I hate LeBron James in the finals, in the later part of his career, he showed up in every single finals game. In the beginning of his career, he sucked in the finals. There used to be jokes going on saying, where was LeBron James in the fourth quarter? Now in the fourth qu quarter, you see LeBron James on the court every single minute. Carr, on the other hand, where, where is she right now? We're not in the fourth quarter yet, so we don't know. That's a good point. It's the finals. So the finals it's, it's, are in the fourth hey, quarter? It, it's not even, it's not even halftime. It's not even halftime of the final yet. Why do you hate LeBron no. James? I, uh, I hated him since, what, he was on Miami Heat? the whole big three like i hate a lot of basketball this is why i stopped watching basketball i hate how every team got just got so dominant and then it was basically oh if you're not on these top four teams your team sucks ass and it just got annoying seeing the, the same players and the same teams going to the finals and nobody wants to go to the knicks so i totally get it man wow yeah listen i mean i'm from new york no, 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 and I hate no, no, the knicks, so that's even funny Wait, how, you, how do you hate <laughs> the knicks bro i'm from brooklyn that's fan i'm in brooklyn uh... too so who were you rooting for six years ago? You root for the Nets when they was in Jersey? I actually was. I was a big Jason Kidd fan. Fuck out of here. Jason All right, Kidd. different podcast for a different day. Right. Let's go ahead and move <laughs> on. Well, while Cora is holding her team back from continuing the final, Team UK is on the move. They are making great time. They are killing it. They're going down the path and then stop. Have a time. Hey, CTJ. All right, Team UK, stop. Stop right there. Now put it down, softly. 
All right, now it states clearly in the rules, you are not allowed to mess with the other team. You guys did just that, CT. After checkpoint two, you clearly manhandled the USA team gurney. You guys have a 10 minute stop down, so stay right there for it's 10 minutes. I'm sorry, stop down, guys, stop. Just, right, just, right, just, right, just, right, just use it. Use it for what? 10 minutes is a long time in the final, man. 10-minute penalty. 10-minute penalty CT gets for pushing Team U.S. out of the way. Now, was it a little rough? Sure. But, I don't know, did the challenge gods have this right? Was a 10-minute penalty necessary? Bananas. Um, did they... I know TJ explained the rules in the beginning, but did he specify what would happen if they broke the rules? If you break any rule, you will get a time penalty. He said it would be a time penalty. Okay. I, I do think 10 minutes was a bit much because it's a final, and the final can be determined by seconds. I think, like, a five-minute penalty was more realistic, just because... Even two minutes, honestly. Just because it was... It looked so accidental. It wasn't, like on purpose, I feel like. That's why I don't think it should have been that major a time penalty. I wouldn't say accidental. He knew what he was doing. I mean, it was in the heat of the moment type of thing. It's like he went out of his way to go do it. It's like that wasn't in his mindset as he was doing it. It just, just happened. Yeah, but here's the thing. The referee never sees the first person. They see the retaliation. So CT in their cart was getting bumped, and then he put a full arm out. That's too much, man. doesn't matter what was happening to you. Now, the 10 minutes, in my opinion, is I'm okay with it. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Um, but we're the challenge and the challenge gods, if you're listening, I think you completely screwed up here because they killed momentum of Team UK. Almost every challenge or every final anything, if you occur a penalty, it's once you finish the leg of the race, the penalty starts adding up right there. I mean, we saw it back on, um, back on like uh, Fresh Meat and Fresh Meat 2 when they'd run in their eliminations. If they chose to miss something and take a five-minute penalty, they would go to the end and then five minutes would start their time. That's what I think they should have done because this completely looked like a move to get Team USA back in the final because they had to drop it, lose momentum, tire out, and then try and get back and going. So, Yeah, that's a good point. Because usually in finals, they just add it to your total time, not just stop you. Yeah, this was, this was totally, in my opinion, how I viewed it at first glance was a way to make this a more competitive final for the edit. Yeah, I think you made yeah, me they, right. They always could edit it to be a lot closer. You know how, how editing works. They could always make it seem so much closer than it really is. Uh, yeah, judging from what I see, this final doesn't look close at all. Now, speaking of shit in the bed, during this leg, we start to see Paulie really start to gas out. He is not doing well. He's suffering. He's starting to cramp. He's having trouble. He has to take multiple breaks. Now. We know that Paulie can talk the talk. He's been in several eliminations. He has done great in dailies, but he is not showing up for this final. And I don't think, I'm not questioning his heart here. I'm just questioning his performance. If you've been rooting for this alliance all season long, you have to be seriously disappointed by what you're seeing now. Cora seems to be cracking under pressure and Paulie is gassing out. What do you make of Paulie's performance during this first episode of the final? Antonio. Uh, see, like, I feel, like, I don't even know what to say, because I just feel bad for Paulie right now, especially for someone like him. Like, I've seen how much he wants it, 
but to talk that much, to talk that big of a game, and to show this performance, it's embarrassing. You're saying how you're the best player you can take down Legend. Then your next opportunity to do so, this is what you show us? Like, come on, dude. And you train hell of a lot more than most people on the show. So, I mean, I, I expect a lot more from Pauly. I mean, first of all, I mean, he was looking wider than I do on the hit list. I mean, he was, he was, he was, he was pale. I mean, I don't fault Polly. I don't look at this as a disappointment. Polly's not the first person to have something happen to him during a final. I mean, if he's having heat stroke, he's having heat stroke. There's nothing he can do to prepare for that, really. I mean, that just, he overexerted himself. Here's what could have happened. Polly could have sat back and not carried the gurney one bit, and then this wouldn't have happened. But instead, he was trying to power through for his team. I mean, he only weighs 150, like you said, and that's, you know. But let's look back in challenge history, back on Cutthroat. Abram, one of the best competitors to ever play mm. this game, one of the biggest badasses ever, got taken out by Heat Stroke as well. And I wouldn't look at that as a bad thing. I mean, Abram did the same thing Polly did this season, completely dominated it with his alliance, did everything he needed to to get there with better numbers. And then the elements just played a big toll on it. Did Abram have, did Abram talk that big of a game like Polly did, though? Because I don't recall. I don't think anybody talked as big of a game as Polly did. No. Exactly. No, not, no, no. And I mean, that's the only reason why it looks worse and everything, but you can't really fault the guy for that. I mean, this is Big Easy type stuff, you know, where he's saying, I'm going to finish the final and elements hit him. You know, this is, this is Wes at the top of his game and then getting like a golf ball cramp inside his calf where he can't walk. This is Zach walking up a, a hill, a mountain and cramping his whole body up. Like stuff just happens. And that's what makes the challenge great. That's what makes these finals great. Georgia and Maddie last season also experienced Passed the same out. thing. These finals are getting harder and harder and harder. 16 miles? No. Shit, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do Bro, it. The, and they I used to twice come as much mountains in the past. And these are come mountains. Like, come on. Like, when did you see that? But when was it ever precipitated by a 16-mile run carrying, you know, what was it, 120 pounds on a gurney? Bro, they used to do crazy shit climbing up mountains before. And look, I get people say, oh, it's a two-day final, or they're doing this, doing that, but a two-day final, in my opinion, is a lot easier than a one-day final. A one-day final, you're using all your energy on that given day. You have to show your best performance. With a two-day final, that's giving you a day to, you know what, maybe if you have an off day, it is what it is. You have a day to sleep on it and get better the next day. That's not showing your best performance all in one shot. Having a one day, it's all or nothing. It's like the Super Bowl. It's one game. That's the way it should be. Not how, oh, you have basketball, baseball, and hockey. It's best out of seven. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be how it is. So your argument is that it's harder to give your all on one day than give your all on multiple days? Because if you, there's more of a chance of you having an off day with two days. Because you're, and That's you're also, what makes it harder. No, That's but what makes it harder. It makes it easier because if you have an off day, there's a greater chance someone else is going to have an off day. And you, have, and you have another day to prepare yourself to work even harder. If it's all in one day, if you see yourself so far behind, then you know this is your only chance to get back into that race. You have to give, you have to give it 150%. If it's a two-day final and you see yourself, you know, about 20 minutes out, you, you want, in your head, I'll take it easy right now, and then tomorrow I'll see what I can do. All right. So also at this point, Zach makes a statement. Yes. Put our shoulders. Yes. All right, let's go. For the last time. Switch sides. You wondered why I wanted to keep strong players on this team. Now you know. This whole season, while Paulie and Kara and their alliance tore our team apart, 
being terrible in the final is what I was so afraid of happening. We're just a shell of what we could be, and it's very frustrating. Bull come on! Which I believe was a slap in the face for everybody who was on Team US. Now, does Zach have a point? Absolutely. Absolutely, he has a point. Cora and Polly brought all of their friends to the final because they wanted to win with them. Now, was their friends the strongest people in the game? No. But did they strike first? No, they didn't. They didn't start turning on Team US. They kind of had to play the cards that was dealt to them. During this whole entire political part of the game, throughout the season, I haven't seen Zach do any of that. I haven't seen him go into elimination, threaten to switch teams, um, make any major political moves at all. He didn't help the situation at all. He just kind of stayed on the sideline and let it happen and rode the wave all the way to the final. Does Zach have a right to be frustrated and to voice it in this way to Team US? Tyler. Yeah, yeah, he does. I think he does. He was in, he was in a multiple amount of tribunals where he was constantly voting for the other team. And when he gets the first vote and he throws out somebody else and the other two people deliberately don't vote with him, they're the cause, not him. He's literally saying, here's the out. Here's how we keep our team strong. But isn't it on him to try to convince it? He, it didn't seem like he put up much of a fight. It seemed like he did a lot of just bitching all throughout the season. Zach's not a political player, though. He's not. Well, this is a challenge. You're going to need politics, at least to some degree. He played zero politics. His whole entire strategy was to stay on the sideline, keep a low profile, and ride it into the final. He didn't alter this game politically at all, and now he's complaining about how it turned out. But look at their, their alliance is too strong. You can yell at a wall all day, and if the wall doesn't want to listen, the wall's just going to stand there and keep doing what wall wants to do. And that's what was happening. And he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily bitching the whole season. He was constantly telling them, this is what's going to happen. We're going to falter. And he, Leroy even turned to him and said, we'll win no matter what. It doesn't matter. You can either win with us or not. We're going to do this our way. And he was wrong. Right now, he's proven to be wrong. And Zach was proven to be right. He was telling the future. If you get rid of your best people for finals and keep your weakest people for finals, you're going to struggle. And I'm not saying the people in the final are the weakest, but when you stack resumes of those that they threw out early, it does hurt them. I mean, Team US right now should have Wes, Bananas, Laurel, Jordan, and Tori all in that final with them. You can't blame him. Like, he has every right to feel angry. Oh, I think at that point in the game where the numbers really got into it, Zach was outnumbered. Who who was he gonna bring to his side? He had no prior relationship with anyone besides who Nani and Leroy at the time, and Nani was Carver, on his side. Him and Carver was tight at one point, so he turned on her. Yeah, at one point. Yeah, I'm saying right now they weren't. They're on complete opposites. Zach and Polly did what a season or two together. They're not, but they're working against each other right now. Zach and Cam, I don't see working together. Zach and Ninja, I don't see working together. Zach and Ashley, I don't see working together. Like, where do you want Zach to go? He's not going to volunteer for elimination. That's just stupid. IP game. But what was the other move? You're going to keep people who's going to keep aiming for you? You're going to keep bananas who's going to keep trying to get you thrown into elimination? It was a game of survival. They had to get out those people because they were gunning for them. Right? What are you going to do? You're going to keep the people around who's going to eventually vote you into elimination and give you a chance to go home? Are you going to get them out first? Well, I guess you would never know. Yeah, that alliance didn't strike first. They didn't. That was 
that was Laurel and Josh and Bananas, and they decided to go out for West first. They created the precedent. Well, in their defense, Wes was the head of the snake. I mean, everything that's happening this season is because, I mean, I talked about this earlier a couple weeks ago, is that everything that we're seeing Polly, Kara, Cam do, this is all Wes's creation. I mean, he obviously is the best thing for Kara, Polly, Cam, because he's a direct target of Johnny Bananas. He's a direct target of anybody that's against, you know, that's with Johnny Bananas. And so essentially, Kara and Polly, if they stick Wes in front of them, they can kind of move forward for a couple of weeks, you know, and not have to worry about the pressure. And then Wes is the target. And, you know, unfortunately, he went out early. So that's why this whole thing falls back. But I mean, they struck first by trying to get out Wes. And then it was retaliation. I think where this whole issue lies with Zach was after Wes, Bananas, Laurel were gone. It kind of was like, all right, guys, let's get back into it. Let's be our own team. And it kind of was for a bit. You know, we saw multiple UK people go against each other. and. Then they started throwing Jordan in and Tori in. And that's where the issue started happening because that's like Zach's number one and number two. All right. So this episode leaves off with Paulie completely gassed out. It's looking like he's not even going to be able to finish this one, even though he's trying his hardest to power through. So we're going to have to wait until next week to see how this all shakes out. But if it's anything like this first episode, it's not looking good for Team US. Let's go ahead and move on to the hit list the unofficial official power ranking for the challenge 34 war of the worlds 2 tyler how does it shake up this week well what do you want me to give you we got 12 people do you want everybody or what do you want you know give us the whole roster all right let's start at number 12 uh and if you want a movement i'll talk about that after but starting out for number 12 is kara number 11 is ninja number 10 is polly nine we got ashley Eight, we got Cam. Seven, we got Rogan. Six, we got D. Five, we got Leroy. Four, we got Zach. Three is Tori. Two is CT. One is Jordan. One and two didn't change this week. Well, I do understand why some of the placement is where it's at. But you got Kara all the way at the bottom. All the way at the bottom. Even doing worse than Pauly. Well, if you take out to the whole final together, um, uh, Pauly got... Polly had more interviews than Kara. He also finished fourth on the second leg um, of Number Crunch. Four out of 12, where Kara finished 10th. And he also finished his food before Kara finished her food. So he performed better, just it looks worse at the very end. The very end, you're not, you're not taking any points off for how he is completely shit in the bed. He shit the bed on our screens for about 60 seconds. Kara shit the bed for about 58. Ooh. It's, it's nothing against Kara. I'm not saying this, but she has struggled in these things. And also, Polly on the first leg, him and Zach were the two to get the balls in the basket. So Polly did better on all three aspects of that. He also, carried, um, he also carried the gurney two times. She's only carried it once. And so, and Ninja's only carried it once. You also got Zach pretty, pretty high up there, too. Wasn't he able to take a break when it came down to carrying the gurney? He did. And um, when he took a break, that leg before that, he was the first person done on that numbers crunch. He finished that in like 30 seconds. He smoked everybody. He was also reliable for Team US, doing well in the first stop. And I mean, he just kind of took his own break and just sat back and everything. And now he's carrying the load again on the third one. So. All right. Sitting back is what he does best. Antonio. Well, I, I still think Paul is a clear less just because of 
just him gassing out. I mean, and then I would move Kara to 15, and then, then not sorry, uh, Kara to, to 11, and Ninja to 10. I just don't like the way his performance was. And you said Jordan and Tori wanted to? Jordan, CT, Tori. That's the top three. Okay, that top three, I think that's fine. I might just move C CT down to maybe around the five or six spot just because of the time penalty, because it was a careless mistake. But other than that, I mean, that's a pretty solid final power rankings, whatever you want to call it. Why do you have Rogan so far down from the top three spots where the rest of his Team UK is sitting at? I know D's not up there either, but... Uh, he was tied for last in interviews in Team UK. He had the worst performance on the numbers crunch. He just kind of struggled in those aspects. That's just where they did better than him. He didn't really move down because he had poor performance outside of the numbers crunch. It was just D is outplaying how her projections are this week. I mean, this is fantasy sports. She's getting, she's doubling up her projections on points right now. And she's doing really well. So that's just kind of why. Rogan is just moving down because Leroy, Zach, and D moved up. All right. And tell us how you came upon your top three. So Jordan led this show in narration. He had 12 interviews, was constantly on the screen. He finished. He, he was the, one of the reasons why they got a lead on the first stop. He was the third person done on the second stop, and he destroyed his food on the third stop, and he's been carrying this gurney the entire time. And if you watch, there's a couple times when he's walking next to D, he's carrying it with his one shoulder on his, on his right side, and he's using his other hand to help D carry her side at the same time. It's just impressive. I don't understand how he can just overcome and just be better than everybody at physical competition. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Love War Challenges for Season 34, Episode 15, War of the Worlds 2. Hey, before we get out of here, make sure you visit shop.lwcpodcast.com. We got some new shirts up. Um, all, of the, uh, all of the hosts got their own shirt. We also got a pride shirt for anybody out there wanting to celebrate their pride. Also, we got a really exciting event coming for our shirts coming in January. Be on the lookout for that. And starting in January, we will be able to make custom Love War Challenges shirt. If you're interested, make sure you make sure you DM me on Twitter or Instagram at LWC Podcast. Bananas, close us out. All right. Another great episode, Potsters. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you stay updated by following us on Twitter and Instagram at LWC Podcast. Join us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash lovewarchallenges. Also, check out our new website, lwcpodcast.com. Make sure while you listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, to give us those five stars, give us a great review, and most importantly, make sure you subscribe. Have a great day, Potsters. Peace.